biggest sawmill in the world for its time, operated in Missouri's Current River Pinery in the years around 1900. This sawmill was at the center of the Ozarks timber boom, which dramatically altered the surrounding landscape. Welcome to part two of a four-part tour of the Current River Pinery. In this, our history segment, we'll describe the pinery before Europeans arrived, how Native Americans used fire to shape the landscape, and how the timber boom changed everything. Now, a hundred years later, land managers are again using fire to restore native pine woodlands. You can find maps and photos to accompany this segment at the History Stop on our self-guided pinery tour or online at www.oakfirescience.com. On the Mark Twain National Forest in Carter County, Missouri, much of what you'll see is typical of forests throughout the Ozarks, with oaks and hickories growing closely together, with some shortleaf pine mixed in. But the scene is different here on Bennett Road at our tour's history stop. The trees are more widely spaced and the pines dominate. Forest managers have used prescribed fire and forest cuttings to thin out trees. The resulting open landscape resembles what early European settlers would have seen. University of Missouri fire science researcher Michael Stambaugh says the current river pinery in the past was mostly open woodland. Forests would have likely been limited to creeks and valleys, while on the ridge tops, those areas were, would have been much more open, and in some cases, uh, more like prairies than forests. Early land surveys tell us this area had widely spaced large trees, mostly shortleaf pine. Underneath grew a lush ground cover consisting of as many as 350 plant species, which supported populations of deer, elk, bear, and turkey, plus countless songbirds. The vast pine-oak woodlands of the Ozarks stretched over six million acres. How did these woodlands form? Why is the land so different today? Periodic fires recurring over hundreds of years created a Ozark landscape like we've really never seen before. Repeated burning, top kills young trees, it consumes dead logs and sticks and grass. It really makes everything kind of look tidy and neat. And through time, this eventually will create an open forest where trees are scattered and enough light can reach the ground that will promote thick grass and, and herbaceous uh, plants. Evidence for these past fire-maintained ecosystems is found in the fire records that are written into the trees themselves. So each section of a tree is really like a history book and we can polish all the rings and see uh, how the tree grew um, from its uh, early birth uh, all the way to when it died. Within these records we can see how fast the tree grew, we can see how many fires it actually survived. We can see uh, how growth changed due to the fires. It's not uncommon for shortleaf pine to survive multiple fires. In fact, uh, in some cases, up to 30 fires may be 
uh, tolerated or more during the course of a shortleaf pine's growth. Researchers at the University of Missouri's Tree Ring Lab have studied thousands of old stumps, logs, and living trees from the current river watershed. In some cases, these date back to the uh, 1500s. And using the tree rings on these old trees, we can uh, date the rings and the scars from fires to the exact years. And the main findings are that fires were historically uh, frequent. Uh, fires occurred on average maybe every 8 to 15 years uh, throughout the current river watershed. Um, but fires were likely less frequent in the protected valleys and areas along the rivers and creeks. But on the ridge tops were likely more frequent than every 8 years. In some periods, fires burned uh, every year. We're very confident that the majority of the fires during at least the last 500 years were caused primarily by humans. Many written accounts describe Native Americans burning land to promote growth of tender, nutritious plants for wildlife or livestock, to control insects, and to encourage growth of berries or plants for basket making. This pine oak woodland, thousands of years old, changed abruptly when the timber boom found the Ozarks. Missouri historian Susan Flotter explains. Logging in Missouri for commercial purposes really uh, started with the need of, of building material in urban areas, but also fuel for steamboats on the Mississippi and Missouri rivers. And then later, some wood was used to fuel railroad operations. Timber booms had begun in the eastern states in the 1830s, 40s, 50s, with the advent of railroads there, and then moved to the west. As trees began to run out in areas that had been logged earlier, the lumbermen came to Missouri looking for more land, especially with shortleaf pine. Pine was very valuable as a building material. The hardwoods that grew in association with the pine especially the white oak, was highly valued for railroad ties. The logging era could not begin in the Ozarks until railroads were built into those more rugged areas. The timber boom in the Ozarks ran from the 1880s to about 1910. The high point of it occurred in 1899 when the largest sawmill in the world in, at Grandin was operating and at its height was employing as many as 1,500 people. Pine trees that grew here on Bennett Road were hauled to the Grandin Mill, 19 miles to the southeast. Every day it consumed the equivalent of 70 acres of shortleaf pine trees. And the workers went out each day to cut the timber with cross-cut saws and load it onto the tram cars. They often used mules for that purpose, and it was a, a rather well-organized but heavy labor activity. By 1920, it was pretty much over, and that boom was therefore very short-lived. After the pines played out, Missouri entered a long period of resource degradation, 
The land that had been logged looked really devastated. Sparks from the logging tram lines from the railroad cars often set the slash of fire. The land was abandoned or sold to the unsuspecting, who tried to raise crops on eroded soil, subsisting by hunting deer and letting their cattle and hogs roam the woods, which destroyed young trees. Wildlife numbers went down dramatically. Life was tough on this degraded land, especially during the Great Depression. The, the timber boom, while it lasted, made some people quite wealthy. It brought additional population into the state of ordinary people, the workers, and it also started a forest industry, which to some extent has remained, but the real legacy of the timber boom to later generations was that this was something we did not want to have happen again. It became a lesson of how not to treat the land. This lesson led to new conservation efforts. Deer and turkey were reintroduced. The U.S. Forest Service bought extensive tracts of cut-over land. Forests began to grow again. To protect them, they launched an ad campaign to discourage the age-old practice of burning the woods. University of Missouri fire science researcher Mike Stambaugh says this had unintended consequences. By the 1930s to 1950s, fire suppression really had become extremely effective. The effect has been uh, lots of increases in plants and animals that, uh, that thrive under no fire. And we've seen an increase of, of numbers of trees. So actually the Ozarks are probably more forested now than they have been for hundreds of years. But today there is much less pine. In fact, less than 10% remains of the former 6 million acres of pine-dominated woodlands. The dense hardwood forests that grew back after the timber boom don't have the animals and plants associated with the former pine-oak woodlands. Those natural communities have become very rare. Historian Susan Flotter says that about 30 years ago... People began to realize that we could use fire in a, in a deliberate manner to mimic natural wildfire to which these species had, were adapted and it restore not only pine reproduction, but also uh, restore much more of the incredible biodiversity that so characterized Missouri before the logging era. The pines right here at our history stop germinated between 1915 and 1925, but for decades they were crowded among oaks and hickories. Forest Service Fire Specialist Tim Perrin. What's going on here is this area has been burned uh, six times uh, since 2004, uh, from 2004 to 2018. There's a lot of pine in here now, and the spacing today is still, uh, we're still quite a ways from being true, mature, uh, open, short-leaf pine uh, woodland system, but it's much closer to the historical condition than what it was uh, before we began our restoration work. Fire is uh, a very natural um, disturbance. It's occurred for millions of years. So in my opinion, the restoration uh, of forest landscapes such as being done in the current river pinery is, is very appropriate. Thank you for joining us for part two of the current river pinery tour. Listen to part three 
about the ecology of the Ozarks fire adapted ecosystems or visit us at oakfirescience.com. We thank our partners, the Oak Woodlands and Forests Fire Consortium, the U.S. Forest Service, the Nature Conservancy, Central Hardwoods Joint Venture, and the Joint Fire Science Program. <laughs>